When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Moving forward. Okay, let's get to the new players because of all the ones we heard from, I feel like uh, there are a couple of questions I have for you. Let's um, begin with DJ Moore, who I think is yeah. a guy that is going to be easy to for fans to like. He was at the Bulls game already with Justin Fields and Darnell Moody and Chase Claypool running the show. It was cool. The Bulls gave them jerseys. Uh, what was your just overall impression? It seemed like it had to be a strong one for DJ Moore at the podium at House Hall. So I'll say this. He was asked what he was going to miss about Carolina, and he said the houses, which we assumed and we we interpreted as uh, DJ has started a house hunt here in Chicago, and he's, he's had some sticker shock of what he's experiencing as someone who moved <laughs> who moved from Carolina back to the Midwest uh, you know, a decade ago. I understand what he's experiencing, and so my heart goes out to DJ as he continues a house hunt. I will also say that um, – as someone that makes just a touch less money than DJ, he'll be fine. He'll find a nice house that fits into his price range and he'll settle in quite, quite significantly. I think that, uh, I, I think DJ Moore is, is a, a dude who's got a, a real calm inner confidence about himself. I think you can feel that in his first meeting, he's not going to be this, um, you know, outspoken, you know, <laughs> bombastic receiver, uh, but he's going to give you what you want in terms of work in terms of uh, trying to develop chemistry with Justin Fields, you saw him at the Bulls game on on Wednesday night with Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney and, and Chase Claypool trying to to get an early chemistry with guys he's going to be working a lot with. Um, I, I, I'm just excited to, to hear from Luke Getze on one what he likes about DJ Moore and how he can fit him into his offense, and then how he can use all three of those guys that we just talked about complimentary right? And, and, right and how do each one of those guys fit a niche within the offensive system that allows them all to be at their best in certain ways that then allows Justin to be at his best and well that's the key and I think that's what was refreshing to hear DJ Moore who's been a bear for five minutes come in and understand <laughs> like every free agent who made the choice of you know signing with the Bears they understand a big reason why was because Justin Fields is doing this, is ascending, and he wants to be a part of that, and DJ Moore knows how he can help with that. And that's what he had to say about playing with Justin Fields. Uh, I'm real excited. Uh, I heard a lot of good things. Uh, we've been talking it up for a few days, so looking forward to get on the field. So he's been talking it for a few days. It's a big uh, jump for DJ Moore because he has played with a variety of quarterbacks, none of them consistent. And if Justin Fields achieves the consistency that all these moves are intended to provide and sustain, this is going to be a dynamic duo. 
I think we have a tendency to look at these guys sometimes as, as football players only, right? And we forget that they're just normal, everyday humans. And so when DJ Moore is kind of recounting Friday's trade and saying he was walking down his driveway to get some packages and he got a, a message on his phone or a call on his phone that alerted him he was traded and he was just like, all right, whatever, we'll, we'll see what's next. You know, you know, you just, you, you get this very human reaction to something that the rest of the world is like, holy cow, blockbuster trade. And then this, this dude's just going to get some packages and then realizing he's got up his life come to Chicago and and get to know a new quarterback a new franchise all those things you have to hope that the chemistry between uh Fields and DJ Moore clicks in quickly right it's got to be something that's natural and and is there right away and you know look like you've got months now they can go wherever they want to go in the offseason to work together they can get back here for OTAs and minicamp and grind it out they can get to training camp and spend extra time working together but by the time we get to the first week of September they better be ready to go because Chase Claypool last year, it was like, oh, well, it's really hard to just parachute in. And I agree with that. In the middle of the season without going through all these offseason machinations and learning the playbook and all those things, it's hard to get your feet on the ground. Well, well, now there's a runway here for DJ Moore for six months to get his feet on the ground and be ready to produce the level he was producing in, in Carolina for the Chicago Bears. And that's going to be a must if they're going to go in any way uh, in the direction that they want to. He came to the Bears via trade, the two big-ticket linebacker items. Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards also spoke on Thursday, Dan. <laughs> One at a time, I think Tremaine Edmonds talked about the allure of the tradition of the Chicago Bears linebackers, and he talked about making an impact in his style of play, and he comes from a very good defense and a very strong organization. Here's what surprised me. He talked about being the man in the middle in his words. And I think I didn't know. And I think we also talked about, we projected him as a weak side linebacker in the Shaq Leonard mold in that role. But it sounds like he might be the middle linebacker playing the position that Brian Urlacher played. And that was the comp for him coming out of Virginia tech in 2018. And now he gets a chance to play in the similar defense, the same scheme. Uh, and all he's got to do is achieve the same results, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's <laughs> same results. I, like, I've got to hear from Matt Eberflus on this because of the vision. I want to hear the vision from the coach right. himself because we, we, we've been led to believe that the weak side linebacker in this particular system is the money position. While you will go out and you give a guy, uh, you know, $50 million to, to, play, to, to play the middle and you go out after saying that ball production is a priority for you and, and then you sign a guy that doesn't have any ball production in his first five years. I will say this. Of all the six guys that came to the podium on um, – Thursday, it was Tremaine Edmonds, and then a close second is Demarcus Walker. In terms of presence, I know you're big on first impressions when guys get up and meet the media for the first time, but but Tremaine Edmonds had an energy to him that was natural. Um, it was infectious, and and it gave you an early impression of why he was a team captain at the age of 21 for the Buffalo Bills because he just has that about him. He's got a, uh, you know, a, a, an enthusiasm about him, but an understanding of what it takes to, to be great. And he's going to have to take the next steps in his ascent. Ryan Poles praised him for his length, for his speed, for his coverage ability, and, and, and said he's special. Well, now it's time for Tremaine Edmonds to show that. The other thing I thought was notable, David, was Tremaine Edmonds came here in 2018 to Hallis Hall when he was a, a draft prospect. And he came yeah. in on a pre-draft visit <laughs> before the current Hallis Hall was expanded and renovated and, and had all these beautiful amenities to it. And he, he was 
very forthright today and saying it's a lot nicer now, <laughs> you know, and like there's everything here you could want. And it wasn't quite like this five years ago. So that was kind of a, a cool thing when you, when you realize that not that long ago, this guy was just a young kid coming in for a top 30 visit. And now he's projected to be the star of your defense. You know, in all seriousness, what role does that play? You think, because in all of the guys, free agency, the amenities, house hall has been upgraded and refurbished into a first class operation. And Gone are the days with the perception of the Bears going on the cheap, but you walk into that facility and it's so good that former players are jealous and they're like, yeah. why, didn't, why wasn't it like this when we were here? But I wonder what role that played in some of these guys if they were undecided, uh, you know, either here or there, Hallis Hall and the way that it has been renovated if that helps weigh their decision. Well, so I would say this. I don't think it played any uh, factor in these decisions, right? Like I think that more times than not, money speaks as loud as anything that you've got out there. And, and when, when, when players are trying to weigh two options against each other, usually it's who's in, in better position to win. Uh, if the offers are close. And so the Bears are, are, are playing from behind in that regard. But I do think that there is word of mouth in the NFL and players know each other and they talk to each other and they know what uh, buildings are like and they know what cultures are like and they know what leadership styles are like and they know what the amenities are like. And the Bears have all that in place. And this is probably a short aside to say that Ryan Pace deserves credit for the vision he had. One of his greatest accomplishments as the general manager of the Chicago Bears was having the vision, selling it to George and Ted, getting the financing to do it, and then putting together this 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 wing uh, you know on the building plus not to mention the two new practice fields on the south end of the campus that have become major major amenities for the Chicago Bears and, and so when when you've got a guy who came on a pre-draft visit five years ago and was underwhelmed and then came in today for his first day on the job as the Bears and was like wow this is gonna be a fun place to work you, you, you understand that there is a a little bit of juice that comes with that and that's that's part of uh, a part of what we do here. Five years ago, T.J. Edwards was a linebacker for Wisconsin on his way to being a really good Big Ten player, undrafted out of Wisconsin, went to the Eagles and made a name for himself. And now here he comes playing for his hometown team. Dan, he made a strong impression. Again, he was on the radio we talked about the other day with, within hours of committing to the Bears. You couldn't find somebody more satisfied and happier to you know, be where he is in his professional Energized. life. He's definitely energized. I want to ask you this, though. I thought Jack Sanborn was his buddy. He's taking his number. Is he really going to wear 57? Wasn't that Sanborn's number? How, how, do, how do you explain that? That's a good question. That's a good question. I didn't realize he was taking the number. I didn't realize those guys had already uh, put those jerseys in. Maybe he gave him a, a good chunk of cash that he got from this new deal here. And Jack said, yeah, thankfully, I, I'll happily put on a, on a different number. Um, I will say this about TJ Edwards. Like, you just feel it. You feel what – people around the league say about him, particularly people in Philadelphia, he's just rock solid. You know, he's just rock solid. He's going to be dependable. He's going to be a rock solid guy for you. And sometimes when you're on uh, in this phase of the resurgence process, you need guys that are just rock solid. And, and I think TJ Edwards is going to fit that bill. Demarcus Walker was entertaining. Certainly. I want to ask you about <laughs> Travis Homer though. Um, yeah. The running back who talked about, his play, uh, playing assignment football and doing the little things. What role did you get any more clarity? What he, role he might play this year? Yeah, I, I, I do think that Travis Homer was brought here because he's got a little bit of change of pace to him. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got uh, an ability to play special teams for you. I think the Bears saw him as a guy that could be a, a four-core uh, special team guy and playing all four phases of special teams. And so he's going to be a, a complimentary part. 
I think they're still searching some more sizzle for the backfield, uh, a little more speed, and we'll see what they do in the draft. Um, that's just kind of one of those one of those additions that you need to do as you're building up the depth of this roster. I apologize. I don't know if you can hear the background at all. We've I, got a little bit of home renovation I'm going a little on worried. here. Is that a drone in the background of the Weeder household? I'm worried about some sort of drone being shot down or something like that. There's some bathroom renovations going on uh, beneath me, and so there's right. a little bit of sawing going on. So I just wanted to apologize. I didn't want anyone to think that I had an adverse reaction to the uh, the lunch I had this afternoon. Apparently, you are a rebuilding <laughs> expert. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I know you know, like Ryan had described this last year as uh, you know one of those HGTV shows, and so I'm just trying to trying to to meet the uh, meet the criteria. All right, last couple things. I, I wanted to maybe next time we'll talk about it, maybe get the clip because Stacy Dales was on the Mullen Haw show on Thursday morning. And I asked Stacy about the running back position after David Montgomery. And we talked about um, how the breakdown would come with Khalil Herbert and maybe drafting somebody in the middle rounds. She said that she believes that Bajan Robinson might be the best player in this draft and that she was very high on his personality, his charisma. And at number nine, Stacey Dales, just based on being around him at the combine, talking to people that it wouldn't be that far of a reach to draft him at the ninth spot. And I said to her, I said, Stacey, okay, the hook is in my lip. I've taken the bait. I, I've bet I, I, understand and I wouldn't criticize that move Dan even though there are still other moves and then Ryan Poles gets to the podium and he talks about not being swayed by the need not being swayed by this that the best player at the highest value might be a guy that fits maybe maybe that's Bajon Robinson I don't know well I told you on our last episode that, that there I, I will buy the 99 cases that are made for why you don't take Bijan Robinson now and at this stage of your development and then that one thing in the back of my head that says if they took him I wouldn't I wouldn't shoot it down because I I like the one thing you learn over time in the NFL is that particularly when you're picking in the top 10 you want the closest thing to a sure thing as possible you don't want to be looking back and going man we drafted Kevin White, man, <laughs> you know, we drafted Mitch Trubisky, whatever it may be. You want, you know, you want a guy that has all pro potential. That's going to go to multiple pro bowls that has a chance to give you every week, high level contributions and B. John Robinson checks those boxes. And I don't think anyone's going to look back in six years and regret drafting B. John Robinson. It's just a matter of, is it the right time for a franchise that has so many other needs to do it. And so that's why I say, like, you can make really strong cases and stronger cases not to take them. But it's that one case to take them. I can't get past it. I really can't. And then we're going to spend the next six weeks trying to, to, to figure out how to juggle that if you're Ryan Poles. In these last two minutes, tell me what you think in terms of the overall upgrade Andrew Billings and Demarcus Walker offer the Bears defensive line. And what positions? Yeah, I mean, Andrew Billings is a guy that has history playing the nose. He's got versatility to do either either on the interior or defensive line. I think Marcus Walker came in today and certainly is, you know, Brad Biggs, Rich Campbell, and I had a, a great saying back in the day that when a guy comes to the podium and gives you what Demarcus Walker gave us today in terms of energy and honesty and unfiltered commentary, you say he's having a great camp. Right. Like it's it's the running joke. Like Demarcus Walker hasn't been on the field yet, but he's having a great camp because you want guys like that around for our purposes. I still have questions about uh, about why it took so long for him to get unlocked. 
from a production standpoint and how the Bears can continue to bring that production out of them. We'll see where they go. I just think right now these are these are our space fillers. They're they're guys that are going to plug holes for now until upgrades are available, and then you got to figure out where those upgrades are going to come from. 